1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst, and best selling author. And I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully. With understanding, insight, and advice. I hear from many people who feel like they're struggling with their marriage and wonder is it worth staying married? Would I be happier if we threw in the towel? Are we really meant to be married as people? And actually, is marriage on the wane in general? So today, I'm answering a question about the value. Of marriage. Marriage originated as an institution of business. The original conceit was to have a method of perpetuating wealth and of making sure that the wealth was passed on to your actual genetic progeny. This didn't have much to do with love, although it is worth noting that in many partnerships of marriage back then, plenty of partners did grow to love each other. Even in arranged marriages, many partners came to love each other and feel happy in their marriages. But in more recent history, marriage has become about partnership and love. In that evolution, the rates of divorce have actually gone up, as the expectation for the marriage is to be happy together, and one has the choice to end a marriage. Today, about a little less than half of all marriages end in divorce, and actually, that number has been stable for the past decade. Personally, I believe many marriages end because the two people involved do not really know what they are opting out of, and because they have let too much water go untreated under the bridge by the time they think about whether to split up and I've arrived in a terrible place in the relationship, one that would take a lot of work to come back from. Marriages do need tending and caring, and they do have ups and downs. In addition, your partner cannot make you happy. Only you can help you to be happier. Marriage does have many benefits, though, Married people live longer and healthier lives. The power of marriage is especially notable in late middle age. Nine out of 10 married men who are alive at 48 will make it to age 65, compared with just six out of 10 single men. And this was controlled for race and for education and for income. For women, The protective benefits of marriage are also present, but they're not quite as large as they are for men. Nine out of ten women alive at age 48 will live on to be senior citizens, compared with just eight out of ten divorced and single women. Having heart disease reduces a man's life expectancy by just under six years, while being unmarried takes almost ten years off a man's life. This is not just the effect of selection, because even controlling for one's initial health, sick people who are married live longer than their unmarried counterparts. Having a spouse, for example, lowers a cancer patient's risk of dying from the disease as much as being in an age category 10 years younger. A recent study of outcomes for surgical patients found that just being married lowered a patient's risk of dying in the hospital. For perhaps more obvious reasons, the risk a hospital patient will be discharged to a nursing home was two and a half times greater if the patient was unmarried. Scientists who have studied immune functioning in the lab have found that happily married couples had a better functioning immune systems. Divorced people, even years after the divorce, show much lower levels of immune function. This probably has to do with stress and its impact on immune function. Overall, the data show that staying married is good for your health. It's also good overall for your mental health. Married men and women are less depressed, less anxious, and less psychologically distressed than single, divorced, or widowed people. By contrast, getting divorced lowers both men's and women's mental health, increasing depression, anger, and lowering one's self-esteem. 40% of married people, compared with about a quarter of singles or cohabitors, say they are very happy with life in general. Married people are also only about half as likely as singles or cohabitors to say they are unhappy with their lives. 18% of divorced adults say they are very happy, and divorced adults are twice as likely as married people to say they are not too happy with life in general. So you can see statistically that there is something about being married that does seem to lend to people feeling happier overall only a very small number of adults who divorce go on to make marriages that are happier than the one that they left. You may also be surprised to know that marriage is still a financially productive institution. Getting married can increase a man's salary by as much as a college education does. Married men make as much as 40% more money than comparable single men even after you control for education and job history. And the longer a man stays married, the more money compared to non-marrieds he's making. Again, women do get the shorter end of the stick. While women's earnings do benefit from marriage, they do decline when motherhood enters the picture. Childless white women who are married get a marriage wage premium of 4%, and Black women who are childless earn 10% more compared to single women. So there is an effect, just not as great as it is for men. Married people not only make more money, they actually, it seems, manage money better and build more wealth together than either would alone. So at identical income levels, for example, married people are less likely to report economic hardship or trouble paying their basic bills. And the longer you stay married, the more assets you build. By contrast, the length of time that people live together has no relationship, if they're unmarried, to wealth accumulation. And when you're on the verge of retirement, the average married couple has accumulated assets worth about $410,000. Compared with 167,000 for the never married, and 154,000 for the divorced, because in divorce generally each person has to give up about 60 percent of their household income. So health, wealth, and personal happiness are given a leg up with marriage, generally speaking. And after this short break, we'll get to my listeners. Really wonderful question that really asks about the value of marriage.
0: This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History class.
1: and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
0: Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. (laughs) I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all.
1: Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for
2: 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's turn to my listener's question and ask, how can I help? Dear Dr. Saltz, I have a 28 year old secretary that is going to be married in three months, and she is voicing concerns and demonstrating anxiety over the fear that she may be divorced in the next four years based on what she is reading on the internet. I am 64 years old and have been married for the past 38 years and am in a wonderful relationship with my wife. So I was taken by surprise when she was talking this way. So I went on the internet to search to try to understand her concerns. No matter how I tried to search for positive reasons for successful marriages, the majority of articles were on divorce rates, why marriage benefits the man but is harmful for the woman, that marriage is a failed social institution, why monogamy is detrimental to a marriage, and how open marriages help with communication in the primary relationship, etc. How on earth does a couple navigate through all this? And every time I thought I found something positive, the article was filled with all the red flags of a doomed relationship. Dr. Gale, do you have advice to help couples grow in their marriages with all this destructive information on the web? My wife and I were platonic friends for years before we started dating we had fostered a respect for each other's worth and value as a human being on this earth. I guess you could say we were feminists in the sense that we treated each other as equals, never at war over the X or Y chromosome. Because of this respect, we could talk about anything in our personal lives because of the trust we'd built. When we decided that maybe we could date, we discovered that we didn't show respect for each other. We felt respect for each other. It was in this feeling of respect for each other that created a very tight bond of trust because we always felt respect for ourselves. And now that same feeling was intertwined between us. This allowed for communication to just flow. We didn't have to work at it. We found that we seldom fought because we could discuss problems and perceptions, knowing that the resolution would never lead to a winner and a loser. The one with the most expertise in a situation could take the lead so that we wouldn't let our emotions cause us to bounce off the walls just to end up at the same starting point. We learned to work the problem with what we had available. From what I just read on the internet, not arguing is a big red flag for a relationship, and yet, here we are, 38 years later, still in love and respecting each other. I think the biggest difference with our marriage is that we didn't follow the formula of the need to always communicate, which would lead to trust and respect. We learned that having value in ourself first, then valuing the other with the same respect, allowed for a deeper trust allowing for truly meaningful communication. I tried to convey this to two of my psychology professors in the 1970s, but they pretty much dismissed me, saying communication was the most important. They are both now divorced, so I guess they didn't communicate enough with their spouses. It's interesting that this type of marriage we are in helped prepare us for cancer, dementia, taking care of our parents dealing with their deaths, raising a well-adjusted daughter, without damaging our bond. We never even scheduled sex on our calendar. We were too busy planning games that would fuel our desire for each other. Even now, with libidos being affected with menopause, medications, occasional erectile dysfunction, we still come up with games because it doesn't matter if the fantasy goes as planned or fails miserably. It's the desire that counts in our relationship. James Berry wrote that God gave us memories so we could have roses in December. We have spent our lives together gathering our roses. This is why I don't know what to say to my secretary. The value, the dignity of being a human being is so precious and we are on this earth for such a short period of time that I don't understand why we don't teach love and respect to our young. But we sure post destructive messages on the web. Any direction you can give for young couples to navigate the internet for personal growth ideas would be so productive for them. Well, that was quite a question I got. And I have to say that I think he has incredibly valuable lessons for all of us in here about what communication really means, what respect is, and how he built, and I think how others often do build really wonderful marriages. So first of all, I would like to say, it is amazing and dear that you have such a wonderful life mentoring a relationship with this person who works for you. And clearly, she is discussing her fears with you as a role model of a happy marriage and I can see why. Also, you are correct that there is a lot of frightening stuff on the web about marriage but just as there is a lot of frightening stuff about just about anything. Hopefully, reading these things is not what is driving her anxiety and in fact, I think it's plain to say, that if you believe everything you read on the web, you would be anxious about an awful lot of things. But that's kind of where I'd like to start. Is there something bothering her about this relationship that she's so noting what she's reading on the web that's negative? Or is it that any relationship for her, not just this relationship, or anything about the institution of marriage seems frightening to her? As a wedding approaches, it is not unusual to get some cold feet. It is a major commitment. So it's important to start asking yourself, and you do ask yourself, are you sure? And part of that can degenerate into a focus on any problems the two of you have. And every relationship does have some problems. And it also causes you to focus on any problems the institution seems to you to have. And of course, it's not a perfect institution. So the question might be better to turn back to her. You will have troubles, tell her, because more couples struggle with some issues. But the real question is, does life with this person feel much better to travel than life without them? Are you willing to put in the work to compromise and have differences and struggle to keep your marriage whole? Is this the person you see traveling the road of life with, whatever they may bring? Stats about how many marriages fail and monogamy is dead aren't really helpful because you aren't a stat. The reality is actually that married couples are far more likely to be monogamous and not cheap than couples who live or cohabitate together. Surely, you and your wife are fortunate to have found each other and done what it takes to value and respect each other through the years. And for that, you have clearly gained much. But importantly, as you pointed out, you felt that way about yourselves and then you felt that way about each other first. Perhaps advising her to look more in her own mind and less at the internet in thinking about what she wants from marriage, from herself and from her partner, as well as what she is willing to give. You might also tell her that having some premarital counseling, since she is questioning things, can really help calm the anxieties about. These what-if-something-bad-happens feelings, because you talk through many of these issues quite concretely, and talking them through with a counselor lets you see the path of how this can work in the long term. I don't think your wonderful marriage is only a function of your age and the time in which you grew up and married and the lack of the internet. I see many couples just as happy as you are, and they are younger. The key to your answer was already answered by you when you said positive growth. There are many bad stories or internet stories a person can choose to focus on if lacking the confidence that comes with really knowing yourself first and really knowing your partner. Of trusting yourself because you know and having confidence in your ability to work things through looking to those things that do make marriage work growing mutual trust and respect support compromise yes a lot of communication and while you say hey i tried to tell people that we didn't need to communicate all the time clearly whether it was verbally or not you do a lot of communicating and honesty these are the building blocks of great marriages in addition Marriage is something you share with another person, not a solution to your own mood and state of being. Which is why figuring out your own mind, your own strengths and weaknesses, your own wants and needs is important before you enter marriage. Then assessing all those things for the partnership as a whole. I hope that was helpful. In addition to the benefits of marriage to the two people involved, there are many benefits to their children. Children of divorce are more likely to slip into poverty, become victims of child abuse, fail at school and drop out, use illegal drugs, have early sexual activity, become unwed teen mothers, divorce, die by suicide, and experience other signs of mental illness, becoming physically ill and even the commission of crimes. And there are also benefits to your sex life. Married people are more likely to have a sex life. Single men are 20 times more likely and single women 10 times more likely not to have had sex even once in the past year than those who are married. Married people are also the most likely to report a highly satisfying sex life. Wives, for example, are almost twice as likely as divorced and never married women to have a sex life that exists and is extremely satisfying emotionally. 50% of husbands say sex with their partner is extremely physically satisfying compared with 39% of men who live with their partners. Can women be very happy outside of marriage? Of course they can. Are there circumstances where divorce is really the better path? For example, where abuse is involved? Absolutely. But in many, many cases, it is worth knowing the many benefits that marriage can bring and trying to maintain it. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All centers remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? With me, Dr. Gail Saltz.
1: Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here.
0: And I'm Austin Hankwitz.
1: We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success
0: Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.